river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we got Preston Taylor on here tonight. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great to be here with you guys. Yeah, we got James on, and we wanted to do a quick one this week. We got a lot going on, so this might not be super long, but there's a lot going on out west right now. And uh, Arizona, we just posted on our social media their comment period for their uh, five-year hunt regulation uh, review is ending on the 30th of January. So we only have, by the time I get this out, there's only going to be a few days left. So wanted to kind of go over what was going on down there. Um, Preston just got back from hunting down there for a couple weeks. So we bugged him to get on here and, and, uh, and then maybe he's going to go over some stuff going on in California and elsewhere. But basically, if you guys listen, to our podcast you probably listened back in september when they had the initial comment period uh arizona shut down several of their over-the-counter deer hunts this year and they're reviewing what they're going to do with the rest of them in the future and so we had uh the guys from arizona on in september a bunch of you guys sent in emails which was awesome they had a commission meeting um, a while ago and they basically decided in that commission meeting, they took all the public comment and they decided they kind of went three ways. There's kind of three options going out. They're either going to control all of them, uh, or they're going to keep it over the counter with a quota system. So, you know, say whatever unit you hunt, they're allowed to kill, you know, 50 deer as soon as they hit kill that many deer you know they shut it down you know there's a lot of other hunts throughout the west that kind of operate on a quota system like that um so that's option number two and option number three is is leave it the same and that's what was discussed at that last meeting and that's what uh the fish and game kind of got the approval for the commission to go ahead with so um yeah so it's probably going to be one of those three things, but we're trying to get guys to obviously write in and hopefully anybody listening that's a resident to Arizona gets in that, on that next commission meeting and, uh, you know, tell them we can use some traditional archery to keep the seasons open. So tell, tell the guys that may not know how to get started. Like if they live in Arizona and they want to have a say, what would you recommend? Well, um, I, I, I'm not an Arizona resident, but I did watch the last couple meetings and it's, you know, a lot of these are on zoom now. And, um, so I was able to watch theirs, watched the Nevada one last year. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. You can see what's going on, but it's pretty simple. I mean, I believe it's the same as ours where you have to sign. If you want to speak at that meeting, the next meeting, and I don't know when the next meeting is, the public comment period ends the 30th. So you got to send in your emails by the 30th. Then they'll have a meeting later when they decide on what they're going to do. But basically you just go online 
sign up. They usually have a period before the meeting with, it's gotta be probably two, two days before, 48 hours before. That's the way ours is. And you sign up and, um, they basically have a topic, you know, say you want to speak on behalf of the over the counter deer and they usually give you ours. They give you three minutes. The when I was three watching minutes, the last yeah. one, they gave them two minutes to speak. So three minutes goes by really fast guys. If you haven't done that before, it's, it's really fast. Um, so it's not like you have to prepare some monstrous, incredible speech and they're going to ask you a million questions or anything, but you can go on there, do it over zoom or show up at the meeting even better, but do it over zoom and, and, you know, give them your two minutes to, you know, speak your mind. It's super simple. And, you know, that last meeting, it was, it was sad to me. You watch it and there was maybe four or five bow hunters that actually spoke at that meeting. I mean, we're losing over the counter archery deer seasons and there was like four or five bow hunters that spoke and there mm-hmm. was 10, you know, I'm sure humane society plugged cat ladies on there trying to shut down cougar and bear hunting. And it's just, it's appalling. So get involved. It's super simple. Just look it up on their website, log in, or if you're local, go to the meeting and, uh, get involved because, you know, it's a big deal losing the over the counter stuff. You know, just it, it's like a, you know, cascading effect. You, you notice, more and more pressure on the what's left of over the counter hunts, you know. So, for sure, did I ramble on too much? Was that understandable? No, that was good. That was good. Okay. Um. So, yeah, where submitting comments? Where, yeah, go ahead. To, to submit comments, it's pretty. It's pretty easy too. If you go to the <clears throat> Arizona Fishing Game website, they have a news bulletin out. Um it was posted in December. So you might have to scroll back in their news feed, but it, um, it has the email that you can send your comments to. It's just AZ hunt guidelines at azgfd.gov. Um, so that, that's pretty simple too. And the, the whole, you know, proposed hunt guidelines, um, is on there also that you can read through to see all, all the changes they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And where did guys email? What's the email to, it's um, azhuntguidelines at azgfd.gov. Yeah, yeah. send an email. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, like you said, Bob. If um, if our our choice is to, you know, re- have reduced opportunity, or um, or maybe we can keep that opportunity, but you know, reduce our effectiveness. Uh, you know, I, I like the ability to hunt, you know what I mean? I want to hunt as, as often as I can. Um, so obviously I'm for, I'm for, you know, keeping over the counter units if we can do that, you know, with however that is traditional tags or, or taking sights off the bows or, or no range finders, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we can start, you know, you got to let these game agencies know it's an option because, We've been pushing hard here in Oregon and, you know, they're kind of starting to understand it a little bit, but states like Arizona, they, they're, it's kind of a new thing. So, um, you know, they've obviously looked at the trail cameras that they understand kind of what's going on. So there's a chance. And when you send in an email, it doesn't have to be super long or anything. You know, it could be as simple as, 
you know, use traditional archery as a management tool, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, a three-page essay if you're not a big writer like myself, um, just to get get your voice out there. So you never know. I mean, like I said, it's, it sounds like they're going to go with the the quota um, probably to be able to keep some over-the-counter options and then do the quota system, which, you know isn't ideal <laughs> it, it would be nice if we could you know um if they could adopt some of these primitive type ideas to towards management of their uh wildlife you know we just need to get that the word to them like you said they may not realize uh that how you know sustainable that could be for them um while keeping over the counter opportunity and i mean it seems like a state that was willing to address trail cameras um, with the problems they were having with them, it seems like they would be willing to listen anyway. So hopefully, uh, we can get our ducks in a row in Arizona. Yep. Send in your comments. There's always a chance. Mm. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> Preston, that quota, if they did go to the quota system, I know you've been down there the last couple years. Um, you know, what do you think of, of that option? You know? Um, I, well, I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to, um, go with the status quo because the the reason they're looking at, at changing it is because they've noticed, um, a higher, you know, success rate. Um, a, a warden came into camp last year and told us, you know, that they, they were seeing more bucks being killed. And so they're, they're looking at changing it. Um, so if they go with the quota, that's obviously the, the better of the two, I, I think that, um, you know, what it's going to mean is you might, you know, when I was down there, uh, gosh, I hate talking about this, but it was really nice. There were not, there's a lot of land and, um, it's not like there's a lot of people on top of each other. Um, so it, it feels like there aren't a lot of hunters out there. Um, which is, which is really nice to be hunting and, and not be running into other people very often. Uh, but what the quota, the quota, you know, might do is it might, as quotas are met, be pushing people into other units, you know, especially throughout the year as you get into the, the tag is good for later in the year as well, you know, and so that might be pushing people farther into the, you know, more into those units and might crowd a little bit more towards the end of the year. Um, it, it could also impact you know, uh, if you, if you're used to hunting one place, you know, you like to hunt there a lot. Um, you might have to go somewhere else. So I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what it would do. Well, hopefully if they're, if they did break it down, you know, unit by unit quotas. And if everybody that listens to this sends an email in and tells them to make a unit or two traditional, then they probably would never meet the quotas and those units would stay open forever. So, no, I mean, their quota is, is, uh, 20% of the overall harvest. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty high success rate, you know, for archery season, or, or you would think it would be, um, yeah. yeah. And then if we're talking about traditional bows, yeah, we're definitely not going to reach that. Um, so, so they're looking at, you know, total number of deer taken in that unit. So they're kind of averaging. Or they're they're saying we want yeah. we want a hundred deer can be taken in this unit, only twenty of them killed with a bow is basically what you're saying. 
That's how yeah, yeah, that's what they're looking at. Twenty percent. Yeah, they look at two to three year um, averages. Yep. And that's how the, that's how they also allocate the number of archery tags in general. They just look at um, how many are rifle killed, and they want they want about a twenty percent, you know, maximum by of the that to be bow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And and um, you know the warden last year um, told one of the guys in camp that uh, you know they're, they're just seeing more bucks killed. Whether that's and I don't know if that's just more people there or or if that's efficiency in equipment or efficiency in people's skill shooting with that equipment um or, or what it is but um they you know you can't deny that more bucks are being killed you know yeah probably a combination of all those things yeah well all right so send in your comments we got that covered what's what's tell us, uh, tell us uh yeah, tell us an air before we jump on to uh Another one. Let's get one hunt story and tell, give us an Arizona hunt story. I'm jealous. Uh, you getting to sneak away down there? Oh man, you want a you want a heartbreaking story? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, so we had a bunch of people in camp, and not all of them were hunting. But James, you know Brian. You met him last year. Brian yep. McConnell. He was down there with us, and he had found a pretty good spot. Um, with uh where the mule deer were were rutting and i was you know coming from this country here and hunting blacktails it was pretty nice to be able to see the deer before you you were hunting them you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah uh so one, one morning i was up there you know on the on the cliff um watching the ravines and this little plateau out in front of me and uh, a little right after sunrise, uh, I saw a doe and a fawn come out of this fold of a ravine and, and they bedded down, you know, they're probably a mile away or something. They're a long ways and um, I could barely see them in my binoculars, but, um, I, I watched them for a couple hours. Uh, you know, I took a little nap, you know, they were still there and, um, eventually they got up to feed and as they came up out of that draw, uh, eight other deer came with them, including a, a three by three and a four by four and there was um one set of doe and and fawns that the uh four by four was really interested in that doe must have still been an estrus or or close to it so i watched him on this sort of mesa run around for another hour um the the bigger buck was chasing off the three by three and he was harassing the doe and you know they're feeding and running around it was really cool and eventually they walked off over the edge on the like the southeast side into this big drainage so once they got out of view i dropped down off my perch um dropped all the way down to the bottom went back up to the mace they were on and went across and the top of this thing is a big mesquite grassland um so it's pretty open and when i got over to the edge of the big drainage that they had gone into you know I, w- I wasn't able to see exactly where they went but i knew they bedded in there um so so when i got over to that other side i was moving a little too quickly and on the other down on the bottom on the other side i i saw some does move in a three by three so i kind of i kind of froze there and the, the three by three and, and the rest of the group of the does kind of meandered up o- over the top of the other side and, and I was sort of looking around, and I spotted another doe who was looking at me. 
and uh, her phone, and I saw the four by four get them. They were probably 200 yards away, but across the, the drainage, right? <clears throat> and, and the doe, her tail was in that sort of half cock position. Like she was nervous, but not sure what to be nervous about yet, you know? <clears throat> so, so I was frozen in the open like this for as long as it takes for her to calm down. And, and when she finally calmed down, she took a couple steps and bedded under a bush. And then the fawn bedded down, and then the buck bedded down. And I was like right near them. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know? Um, totally caught in the open. And I, and I was close to my knees, so I, I oozed down onto my knees and then kind of swung my legs around so I was sitting on my butt, you know, a little more comfortable on the hill. And, and sort of back and slipping my pack off. And then I just eventually got to a, a laying down position with my head resting on my pack so I could watch the deer, right? And um, and it was the middle of the day at this point. And I was like, man, I, I don't know how long they're going to be in their beds, you know? <laughs> so so I, uh, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I took a little nap while the deer were in their beds. And, and uh when I woke up, um, I, I looked over and, and they weren't in their beds anymore. And I was like, oh, oh shoot. I was freaking out and, and scanning around looking. And, 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 and all that had happened is the, the buck had sort of kicked the doe up out of her bed and they'd walked behind a bush and they came back out in front of it and she bedded down again. And this time he bedded right next to her really close. So, you know, it was early afternoon at this point and I decided I, I needed to do something. <clears throat> so I, I rolled over onto my belly pretty slow and, I hooked my backpack into the crook of my elbow and, uh, and I, uh, for like a hundred yards, I, I brought my backpack forward and slid my bow up and then got up on my toes and my fingers and like inched forward, you know, and, and I did this until for about a hundred yards until I could get behind this juniper bush. And then when I was behind the juniper bush, I was able to crawl out of sight and get around behind the hill, you know, and I, and I checked, you know, to make sure they were still in their beds and they were. So then I did a, a huge circle to get around <clears throat> upstream to them, you know, so I could come in um, from the side of them where they couldn't see me, but the wind was still good. Um, it was a big, like mile long loop, you know, and, and I found a bear jaw while I was down in there and I kicked up a bunch of other deer too, and eventually made it back over um, to the oak and juniper that they were in. Right. <clears throat> and, um, and this was so cool for me, man. Cause I never get to, to hunt like this. I never get to see the deer and see them in their beds and then plan an approach like this, just so different. So it was super fun. Um, you know, I got an arrow on my string and I'm, and I'm moving in close to where they're bedded and, um, you know, got my bearings and finally found the bush where they were, they were bedded in front of, you know, and I'm creeping right up on it and I'm about 10 yards away from the bush starting to ease around it to see if there's they're still there right when i i caught movement a little bit in front of me i saw the the back end of an animal sort of through the grass go behind this oak tree and, and i was like oh shoot did they get up already and and so i, I peeked around the bush right there and, and there was nothing in their beds so i was like oh they must have gotten up right so so i moved up to that next oak and as I, as I came around that one, you know, the grass is pretty tall. It's, it's like knee over knee height. And there's these little folds in the hill right there. And so as I come around that next Oak, um, what I had seen go through the, the grass was a javelina and, and kind of like all of a sudden really quickly, I was in the middle of this 
speeding squadron of Hadalina. They were they were up above me on the hill. They were down below me, and and as they were feeding, they were starting to circle around me, and I wasn't sure where the buck went. And I'm looking around, and just down into the next fold, you know, like 30 yards away, um, I saw his antlers churn. You know, I saw his head churn and his antlers move, and I was like, oh shoot, there he is, right? So I I dropped down low, and I was gonna just kind of rush really quick up to the edge of that hill and and kind of pop up ready to shoot you know and as i'm doing that some of the javelina caught my movement because they're like on either either side of me you know and and they start barking you know and and uh all of a sudden the buck perks up and i'm like oh shoot oh shoot right so now i'm probably i'm right on the edge of the hill and and the buck's looking around at what the javelina are alarmed about right and and he kind of sees me but he's not sure i'm probably 20 to 25 yards from him but he turns really quick and and takes a few steps into this um thicket of juniper right but he stands there he he stays on the right inside the juniper broadside looking back you know in my direction about 30 yards away and there's some juniper branches uh, about 10 yards closer than he is to me kind of above his vitals and i was thinking uh, i was contemplating taking that shot you know but I didn't know with those branches and everything and him. And so, so I, I didn't shoot. And right then this, this doe comes down to see what's going on also with the javelina. Cause they're still woofing and, and, and they're kind of circling around behind me. Right. Like I haven't looked to see where they are, but they sound like they're five or 10 yards behind me, just barking at me and woofing, you know? And, and I figured if I start hearing them running, I'll turn around to look, but I'm not going to look at it right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this, this doe comes walking down from a, from above us to see what the javelina are, are barking at. And she does that kind of head bob thing at me for about 30 seconds. And then she turns around and she walks around this fallen oak crown, right, above where the buck is and the junipers. And I think that must have been the doe in estrus because he sees her and then goes to follow her up into the other side of that oak, right? So when, when they're on the other side of those oaks, I rushed right up to the edge of it and, and just took a couple steps to the side. And now there's a window and that four by four is broadside 25 yards away from me. And I started to draw back the string. And right when my, the knuckle of my thumb got to my lip, you know, I'm not quite at my anchor. He turned and he turned to face away from me and they just, they just walked away and out of my life. Oh. And, uh, it was so close, man. Um, it, it, yeah, it was super exciting. Um, the javelina that I couldn't even hunt, you know, or had kind of blown it for me, but, uh, it was super cool. I, I spent about eight hours that day with those deer, um, you know, watching them and trying to get close and it was cool. It was, it was a cool experience for sure. A good hunt. Sounds like a, sounds like a great hunt. Uh, yeah. I wish I could have been there. You guys had some good dudes in, in camp. So, yeah, uh, we had a great, yeah, we had a great for- camp. Thanks for sharing the, that story with us. That was awesome. Um, I know you got some uh, few things going on in California. Do you want to share those? And maybe you got something to wrap it up with, Bob? Sure. All right. Yeah, I think the well, I think the the big thing in California here is um, we've had a, a petition submitted to kind of overhaul um, a lot of the hunting regulations. Um, and the, so 
this next Thursday, the Wildlife Resources Committee of the Fish and Game Commission is going to have a two-hour meeting to start discussing uh, this petition and the proposals. And there's a lot of changes being proposed, and, and a lot of them are good. Uh, the, the best part of this is that um, we're pro probably the commission is going to take each species and and set up working groups to discuss, you know, the options and changes available. Um, and I think that we've got a, a really good opportunity to present uh, some some new ideas, whether that's, um, you know, late season hunts or traditional hunts or, or whatever it is. Um, I think this is going to start a, a longer discussion uh, about, you know, hunting in California and, and, um, and what tags are available. And so I think it'll be a good opportunity for, for us, you know, so that's, that's, that's next cool. Thursday and everybody can go. Um, and as this develops, you know, there'll be more, more information obviously. And yeah, so, but, but so it's, yeah, it's pretty what's cool. The date on that, the 20, Seventh? Twenty seventh. Okay. Yep, twenty seventh. It's um uh the Wildlife Resources Committee meeting, fish and game commission. Uh anybody can go. Um is it you know the department do, the department Do you know if it's online? Oh, do they post is it live streamed on YouTube? This one, yep, this one's gonna be online on Zoom. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so I think I think it's good, you know. We're we're gonna have a um some discussions about it. Yeah. Like I think we're, we're talking about, you know, getting some more archery specific, um, elk and sheep opportunities, you know? Awesome. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there, it uh, seems like there's just so much going on, but is there anything that's pertinent that, uh, needs the listener's attention that you can think of that revolves around bow hunting right now? Um, in the West, Bob, um, you know, like I said, Right now we got Arizona. Send in your comments. A few more days left on that, and then yeah, we'll keep. We try to keep everybody posted. Um, and if you're on the social media, there's been a ton of stuff going on. Spring Bear, Washington, uh, like I said, California, Colorado. But uh, one, the one benefit of social media is that there's a lot of people sharing it. Um, a lot of people sending in comments. It looks like the Washington spring bear hunt is getting put back on the table because there was so much comments. They just had a meeting on that the other day, and it was like a 4-3 vote to, you know, step in the right direction. And I think the bill that was in Colorado to outlaw, I think it was hound hunting for cougars, something like that. It got tabled, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's good news. And then, you know, California, we got some crazy thing that the knuckleheads in Portland, some IP 13, they're trying to ban hunting altogether and raising of farming animals and all kinds of crap here in Oregon. So there's always something, but, uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> we don't want to be Debbie Downers, but when you see that stuff, I mean, man, it's so easy to, to send comments in and, and you might think it's nothing, but, but like I said, you watch these commission meetings and, and there's not more anti hunters than there is hunters, you know, but they show up at the meetings and we don't. And 
we have to start showing up or we're going to lose it, you know? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, um, how about some, some good news for, for the week? Like, <laughs> what did, uh, what were you telling me about, uh, uh, I don't have uh, any good news, man. I'm working, slaving away, been tiling and sheet rocking. Oh, did you say there's a new, uh, president for, uh, traditional bow hunters in Montana? Well, I don't know for sure, but I thought I saw on social media it was little Bill Seabrassy there. So yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, Billy. Yeah, uh, that's super awesome. Um, no, I think uh, I think we're headed in the right direction, and it's awesome to see uh, um, you know people get involved, and hopefully it'll be around for our kids and our grandkids to enjoy. I mean. Yeah, it's, if we don't it's do nothing, scary it's, when it's those, going away. When, yeah, when all these things come up, because we know firsthand, you know, James and I from being in Oregon and in 90, was it 96 or 94? When we, 96. 96. 96. You know, I was a kid, um, but it just kind we of slid bear, through. You know, bear they, baiting. They outlawed bear baiting, baiting and hound hunting. And hound hunting for uh, mountain lions and bears. You can still hunt bobcats with hounds. Makes a lot of sense, right? But, right. um, that slid through, man. And back then, people, well, I don't hound hunt, so I don't, you know, whatever. And, man, that's not, you can't be, be in that position, because if you like to hunt deer, guess what? Guess what's happened to our deer hunting since 1996? It has slowly yeah. gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Because cougars eat deer, and we don't kill very many because we can't hunt them with hounds here. So we have lost the manager tool. Because you yeah. don't hunt spring bear in Washington, or you don't hunt cougars in Colorado with hounds. Like you know, you, we we got to all get together and and uh, show up at these meetings, and we need to outnumber the crazy cat ladies. We should be outnumbering them ten to one. So anyway, I like it. Positive news. What uh, else we got? Yeah. Well, and, and speaking about like all all getting together, you know, like this petition here in California, um, you know, there is there's some um, new rifle hunts that that are being proposed, you know, and and kind of unique ones too. And and you know, I'm I'm supportive of that. You know, let um, I definitely want everybody to have opportunities. So, you know, it's not just about us trying to get traditional you know, seasons, right? No, for sure. And and I think people, a lot of people that listen to our podcast and hear James and I just pound on the drum all the time, they don't understand. We're trying to save (laughs) opportunity. Like we're not just out there trying to like, Oh, let's take away this area and make it this. Like, no, we're, we're at the point right now where we're losing over the counter hunts. And when you lose an over the counter hunt, you're losing opportunity. I mean, the first thing every mm-hmm. state is doing in the West right now is they are cutting tags, archery tags, and they're raising non-resident fees. And yeah. both of those things are, they're pricing us out. You know, I mean, I have applied in every state oh, in the yeah. West since I was, got out of high school and started working a job. And now I'm at the point where it's like, man, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing it. It is hundred, you know, I got, well, you got Arizona coming up, $200 throw it out the window. That's just for your license and your points. And then you got, uh, Wyoming, 
couple hundred more dollars. I mean, it just, it adds up fast. And, man, we got to yeah, do something. And, we and stop where we're doing. headed, where we're headed, no matter what, is modern, modern archery tackle is going to require a less liberal season. And, and they're going to have to make adjustments. And they're, they're all seeing it. The writing's on the wall. And they're doing Adjustments it. have to be made. And, and they and they need to. Um, there's just no reason why uh, um, we should lose our opportunity. And it's, it's not us against them. No, it's the people. It, it's it, we should keep keeping, this opportunity. Yes, keeping the opportunity the, available for everyone. Yes. That, and and a lot of guys that don't hunt trad bows, when when the they realize like I can just go buy a tag and go hunting in this place I grew up hunting or this place I want to travel to for the first time. Like, wow, I can just go do that with a regular bow and arrow. Like, guys are going to be pumped on that when they realize that. Yeah, if we, if we can get them to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and while you're walking around with your bow in your hand, not shooting big animals, you can shoot small ones, you know, like grouse and rabbits yeah. and quail and stumps and cactus and yeah. <laughs> keep Carson in business, right? By breaking your arrows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sherwood shafts. There you go. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, once and, again, and, it's and we also clarifying been... it's not about taking away opportunity yeah. from anyone. We're just want to use it as a management tool to pres- preserve opportunity and, because it's, yeah, it's happening. And another reason that yeah. that we are so active about it is, luckily for us. You know, Dave Dorn and the guys at TAO, the old timers that, you know, came before us. Like Rich. Rich Thompson, Rich like and... all those guys. Uh, Mike Tree, Dave, like all those guys. Yeah. They saw this 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and they kept fighting. And we have had an area in Oregon that's traditionally for 20 some years now. And yep. we see what happens. We see guys that, aren't you know trad guys that got bows and they just hunt there every year and we don't see there's not a huge divide there's not we don't hear people you know yelling and screaming like oh this is terrible that should be you know these guys like that stuff doesn't happen you know it's a no, diff- like different you, opportunity so yeah usually when you meet people that um are you know at a shoot or something and they see the uh traditional bow they're already asking if you were if we're hunting in the special traditional areas you know because they're oregonians they realize we have those areas and then you're telling them oh yeah yeah i go there and they're like oh i want to get a bow and try that so bad you know a lot that's, that's usually mm-hmm. the, what i hear uh, yeah. at a lot of places is guys are like oh man that's so cool and um, you know so. just like muzzleloaders seasons are to the rifle you know if we yeah if we can you know, work hard at this maybe in 10 years and, you know, we'll have a couple of these opportunities in every state, you know, and that's, you know, and that's most, all most guys are always going mean, to want to hunt with a compound. It's just, yeah, most guys want to hunt modern, the route for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that, that stuff's not going nowhere and we're not in any shape or form under the impression that it is, um, that, that is, uh, the majority. Um, but that, that's gonna those seasons are gonna get shortened and, and split up and broken up as they have already. It's not like we're just predicting it or whatever. It's it's happening. Uh yeah. it's happening. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. So, so well, anyway, good awesome. news. We get got involved. Spring bear coming up, right? Spring bear coming up. Uh there's PBS banquet. 
yeah. coming up here. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I'm like, it could be a last minute talk, talk my wife into running over to Reno. Yeah. That's, that's um, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I nice. just registered. Yep. Okay. Another reason to go. I'm excited. Um, yeah, meet Preston. some of the, the legends. Dude, you've been uh, a regular contributor to the traditional bowhunter magazine as of late. Well, no, not 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 technically. I'm just freelancing. No, but but they yeah, but they printed a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not officially, but might as well. I've been every time I get an issue in the mail, I'm like, oh sweet, my boy Preston's up in here again. Yeah, <laughs> people are enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I sure am. I sure am. Awesome. Um, you've been selling many books. Oh yeah, yeah. They're yep. Pretty pretty steady. Yeah, it's great getting some good feedback. Um, yeah, we have a, a a few trailing classes coming up this spring, well, winter and spring um, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, tell the listeners where they can get your book. Uh, on my website, trackerlongbows.com, and you can go to Three Rivers Archery too. They're selling it, um, and and of course on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it, it, if you guys want to get pumped up for spring bear, that's a good one. It's got some good stories in there, and, and uh, it's coming right around the corner. So uh, a lot of good tips. Once again, don't forget to tell all your friends about the podcast. Thank you so much for all our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you guys keeping us on the air here. Um, support your local bow hunting organizations. Stay active. Send in emails on Arizona. And keep the wind in your face. Pick a spot and shoot straight. I've got him.
Through and through, hunts my middle name. I draw the top.